Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. This is a day six tennis podcast from the 2016 US Open. I can't believe we've managed to do one of these every night so far. We're going to try and keep it up uh, despite our uh, increasing levels of fatigue, but uh, it is a real pleasure to be bringing them to you. I'm Catherine Mitka. I'm working for Eurosport out here, British Eurosport. I'm joined, as usual by David Law, who's working for BBC Radio 5 Live and is just commentating on, on two of the most thrilling sets of tennis featuring his very own Birmingham's very own, Solly Hole's very own, Dan Evans. It didn't, I mean, how to sum up the heartbreak. He was match point up and ended up losing 6-2 in the fifth. But what, I hope he, he can see it this way, what an occasion to have been part of. Yeah, that, that was a real thrill to watch just as a tennis occasion forget the fact that it involved a British person forget that it involved somebody from the Midlands forget the fact that it involved somebody from Solihull apparently the closer to victory he got the more localised I referenced to his whereabouts But David says forget that but he won't ever forget that for even a split second But I mean you know taking all of that aside and I mean really we do try hard to be objective on the radio because that's our job but um it was inspiring tennis from both players and to see a British player perform like that particularly one who's had Dan Evans's backstory where he has just underperformed and unfulfilled his potential for so many years well that was him laying it all out there showing everybody in the world just what a what a talent he is with a tennis racket in his hands and and if you didn't get to see the match if you if you perhaps want to see it later recorded or whatever i can tell you it is a shock highlights on british eurosport tomorrow i think uh, late morning something like that on message Catherine Whittaker no she's quite right it's well worth it i promise you i mean it, it is it a it is a tennis fans dream to watch shot making from two single-handed backhands like that and the clever way I thought that Evans constructed his strategy and actually I, I hate to, to say this but I, I, he, I picked in a way what I thought he might have success with which is that sort of floating backhand cross court uh, just 
taking the sting away from from Vavrinka and then darting four hands down the line and coming to the net. What I, what I was surprised about was the regularity that he came to the net later on with and, and how Vavrinka had so little answer to any of those late ghosting approaches to the net. It was it was very clever from Evans and Hilton, Mark Hilton, his coach, whoever concocted that plan. But the execution of it, I mean, it was Henman-like to watch it uh, in terms of uh, the way he would be so reliable on the volley. You have to give enormous credit again to Vavrinka because in the fourth set tiebreak, Evans was on top. Evans had match point, and Vavrinka. He's, he's just the most amazing shot maker under pressure and he goes for it. Second serve ace to bring up set point. I mean, that's going for it, isn't it? It, it sure is. And, uh, and I mean, it was Louis Armstrong court, which is just a little closer, isn't it? The crowd to the, to the, to the action and you, you get that feeling of it being a real carnival, a real party atmosphere. Um, and Evan stayed with him all the way until the deciding set when he faded away and then he started picking rows with everybody about everything, which, which did quite amuse me. Uh, but, you know, what, a, what an occasion, what a performance. And with Andy Murray just having scraped through, really, in four sets, not scraped through, that's probably an exaggeration, but laboured, certainly by his standards. Britain have three players in the last 16 for the first time at this tournament since 1969. Oh, but I was envisaging it being four for so long. Throughout that four set, the four set tie break, I joined the party a bit late. I was only keeping an eye on the match up until that full set. I wasn't able really uh, to engage with it because I was busy with other things. But, uh, I mean, that full set I watched from the uh, photographer's pit and the tie break. I mean, he was taking my breath away. He was taking the racket away from Stan Wawrinka. I mean, if you were asked to sit courtside and say, who's the guy that everyone talks about being one of the most talented players on tour that can generate... Uh, generate pace from nothing with just racket head speed if you're an alien that landed on earth and didn't know anything about tennis you'd say that's Dan Evans that's that's the little guy from Solihull up that end of the court wearing fluoro yellow and black uh, and yeah he was amazing and I know Vavrinka talked a lot about just how talented he, he thinks Dan Evans is in his post-match interview and I think that that is just about the ultimate testament to how good Evans could be certainly in, in terms of racket skill the fact that Vavrinka has to be one of the two or three most talented players on the planet in terms of what he can do with the tennis racket and Mats Verlander's actually called him the most exciting player in the world in the past and yet there he was on the court afterwards and I know players are always um, generous when they've won like that they'll always when they've won a really close match they'll always give credit if asked he wasn't asked he volunteered it he said twice he's really talented and he just, you know, he, he, he educated that crowd out there who, frankly, well, they saw it with their own eyes. But it wasn't just this gritty uh, war of attrition. This was two shot makers just outdoing each other one after another. And it was, it was a treat to watch. And, and it was so, so close to, to Dan Evans being in the last 16 of the US Open. I mean... The, the, the fear is, from his perspective, is that he may never got a better chance than that. One sometimes thinks of uh, Heather Watson's close run against Serena Williams. I think it's very easy to think, oh, you know, imagine what ranking he can be in a year's time. You never know whether you'll get that chance again. Certainly talent-wise, there's, there, there's no reason 
why, if he carries on the way he is, that he can't hurt a lot more players at a lot more tournaments. And he's going up to 52 in the world now. He's going to get into Master Series. As he says himself, that's where the big ranking points are. You know, he, he's, he's seeing the bigger picture now. He's seeing the long term. You know, he's, he was seeing this run here in terms of ranking points, in terms of, in terms of the long term. So, um, yeah, I mean, possibly there'll be a little dip from this. It'll be interesting to see if he gets picked for a Davis Cup semi-final, won't it? Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's what's happened. <laughs> can, can I just say as well, Catherine, very quickly, I think a lot of people sometimes wonder, well, what, what has this guy been doing with himself? I mean, he's 25 years of age. You know, we've heard about him for years. He's had these ridiculous dips where he went down to 700 and something in the world. Let's just hear a little bit from an interview I did with Dan Evans on BBC Radio 5 Live before this match. It was after the win he had over Alexander Zverev. And I asked him, first of all, um, well, I asked him, second of all, what, what happened with, with going down in the rankings and what has turned around? And first of all, I asked him about the money because, you know, this is a major deal in his life. What would he do with it? How do you, how do you deal with something like this when you come from a, a pretty um, grounded background and suddenly you're, you're on this sort of stage? This is, this is just a little excerpt from that interview on BBC Five Live. You're going to take away a heck of a lot of cash from this, a lot of points, I know, a lot of cash, though. Um, it's life-changing money for many people. What do you do with it? When you go home, do you just stick it in the bank and say, right, squirrel that away, on to the next tournament, take care of it later? What, what do you do? Or do you just go and say, right, let's have a good time for a bit? No, put it, put it away. Um, with a lot of places, that money can be spent. So, yeah, it's um, sort of get it away from me and, yeah, just keep it in the bank. Get it away from you. Don't trust yourself. Yeah, I don't want to want to be seen with any of that. So, yeah, sort of just put it away. <laughs> Final one. Um, if you go back just over a year, you were 700 and something in the world. I mean, how has this happened? What was the moment that – was there a light bulb moment where you thought, I'm wasting this, I'm wasting my talent or something? Yeah, there was, but it was it was getting frustrating. Everybody telling me, you know, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. But it's it's a bit easier said than done, you know. It's uh, that was the the main thing was people telling me I should be good, and then you know not actually doing anything about it. Um, and a few people st- sort of stood up to the mark, including Leon and Mark Hilton. And yeah, help help me go for it. So yeah, it how? Like, what did they do? What, what I don't I don't understand what changed. Well, I got the LTA carried on funding me, which it's you know twenty five seven hundred in the world. It's a big gamble, I think. Um, give me a coach, uh, yeah, and obviously I employed a fitness coach as well back home in Birmingham myself. So it was a uh, you know those sort of things definitely help. So that's uh, Dan Evans explaining exactly why he he struggled and and how he picked himself up with the help of of uh, his coaching team and his mentor really leon smith and uh, hopefully from his point of view at least uh, it's the first of a number of journeys through grand slam draws like this very well said david very very well said what else has happened today uh halep one Simona Halep won. Uh, slightly un- that was exciting, wasn't it? It was really exciting against Tamea Babos. And as somebody, I'm really embarrassed now because I can't remember who that somebody was, so I can't give them credit. But pointing out on Twitter, it's a very, it was a very unusual sort of victory for Halep because she's usually either sort of really great and steamrollers through everyone 
through her opponent the way uh, people expect her to, or you know, it's a, it's a bit of a horror show and and uh, she um, fails to live up to expectation. This was the sort of gritty win that we don't see enough from her, certainly not latterly, uh, and I was very impressed. Yeah, I didn't really understand. I didn't get a chance to watch all of the match, but I saw her go six one up, and then I saw her go one set all and a breakdown in the third and at that point I remember reading a tweet from Brad Gilbert saying has has Simona Halep always made this noise when she hits the ball because she was screeching with with every shot and and it's not something that necessarily you associate with her now I I, I do a fair bit of commentary on the WTA circuit and, and and I have seen that in the past but I do think it's probably to some degree stress related as well and and certainly um there's no question that Simona Halep was getting pushed all the way in that match and she just about won it so yeah it keeps her hopes alive who knows what's next uh, Serena Williams won as well today. She, I mean, she looked great to me. She looked absolutely great. She beat Hannah Larson um, of Sweden, and there was it was just never in doubt. She was bullying her, bullying her around the court. I mean, I was very, very impressed with that. Here comes Simon Briggs <laughs> for a moment. I just ran and grabbed Simon Briggs for for his thoughts on uh, um, Dan Evans and my yogurt parfait from yeah. the uh, cafe. Yeah, we basically grab whatever we can to eat on the run, man. And, it, and he's basically having his breakfast at 10 p.m. now. <laughs> Simon, Dan Evans, what do you think? Well, he was uh, excellent again in the middle of the match, performed a total comedy meltdown. The uh, physio's intervention was absolute classic, wasn't it, of the genre? Um, and then, How so? Uh, How so? Well, Dan was uh, claiming that he uh, wanted treatment on a sore ankle. Physio said, sorry, mate, you've got cramp. I'm not treating you. Um, Dan then got, got into a big row with the physio, also with Cedric Muriel. I said, you, you lot are all friends because they're all French speakers. He was a <laughs> French physio. And Cedric, um, I think, is French or is he Swiss? He's French. Uh, so the, uh, there's a little bit of... Um, uh, Anglo-Gallic uh, disharmony, and then and then the, the That's guy. David's favourite kind of agro, Anglo-Gallic. Yeah, the, the, the guy, the, the physio, went back into his into his box and became a kind of unwitting pawn as as Dan tried to to, to rev himself up by going, "It's not cramp, it's not cramp." Every time he, he turned round after a point, yes, he found a cause winning the cause, a ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous cause, but it was very funny. And I thought, if, you know, if Abrinka might go over and give the guy a clip round the ear, having made it much more difficult for him, because uh, Dan actually played a couple of quite, quite good, good games after the incident. I imagine your day has been pretty uh, Evans-Murray-centric. We were just covering the victories for Halep and Serena, but I guess this is a good time to move on to Murray. What are your impressions of that? Nobody was expecting Paolo Lorenzi to uh, muster the challenge that he did today. Yeah, he played well. I mean, I think Andy's first set was uh, pretty alarming, 28 errors. He just got the, the, the approach all wrong. I think he, I got the impression he's trying so hard not to. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. 
and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Do a French Open and, and get tied up in long matches. He's actually becoming over-anxious and it's actually becoming totally counterproductive and when he dropped the second set there was a, there was a 180 degree switch in his attitude he, he suddenly said well right i'm just going to stop fretting and, and play and i thought he did actually play a really good second half of the match and uh, in a way I, I i feel like he might come out of that match quite well i mean look he's he was on the court for three hours 17 more than he would have wanted but i thought he really um, took it to lorenzi third and fourth sets got into a really good rhythm Seemed to serve well, having served horribly in the first half of the match. So, match of two halves, and, and better to be the, the, the good half at the back half. I, I think not too bad. And, and David, David, we know who he plays now, don't we? Well, he plays Grigor, doesn't he? Grigor Dimitrov, who won through in four sets today, had his uh, standard sort of complete walkabout in set three after playing beautifully before then. But you know, be interesting, won't it? See, uh, I, th- I think Simon's right in that th- that will have really sharpened the senses tonight because my goodness, Paolo Lorenzi was good. He was running all over the place. He was taking it to Murray at times. I thought it was quite similar to Novak Djokovic against Gilles Simon at the Australian Open, personally, in terms of it was error strewn, sixty-three on forced errors from the racket of Andy Murray he hit 60 odd winners as well um, but as you said he came on strong at the end I think Dimitrov is going to take it to him but I think Murray will have enough any other business gentlemen any other business from day six at we the US Open let's well let's look forward to day seven indeed Kyle Edmund against Novak Djokovic amongst other things but let's face it that is the uh, highlight probably from our perspective of tomorrow it's the second match on Arthur Ashe Get far away what have you got to say well uh, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how Edmund handles the occasion what, what I did notice is that when he went out against Isner he benefited from the match they pay, played previously he talked about it which was a straight sets defeat at the French Open and he said I, I learnt from that and I know what I've got to do he had a straight sets defeat to Djokovic 6-3, 6-3 in Miami in March. And I think, again, he will, he will benefit from that. He's felt the game. I think, I think Edmund will give a very good account of himself, personally. And, and it's, we, we, we just don't know what state Djokovic is in because he hasn't been really tested since day one of this tournament. We're now halfway through the tournament. I, I think it could be quite competitive. I think Djokovic will win. I mean, anybody who doesn't think that is, is, is crazy. But... I think Edmund can push him. I spoke to Andy Murray uh, after, well, presumably you did, everybody did, but uh, yeah, I spoke to him for Eurosport uh, after his win earlier, asked him about Carl, asked him 
what advice he would give give Carl. Presumably he has actually given this advice to Carl. Why wouldn't he? And he was adamant. He said, don't respect Djokovic too much. He said uh, he thinks he that made that mistake against really top players early on in his career in similar matchups. And that is the one thing that he would impress upon Kyle for tomorrow. Well, that's a slightly surprising thing to hear when you recall Andy's ability to shake up Roger Federer at the very beginning of his career, but maybe there were some other people he had an issue with. Um, yeah, one interesting stat which Mark Petschy, um related to me was that when they analysed the data from Rio, uh, Kyle's forehand was clocked at an average speed of 83 miles an hour, which was three miles an hour higher than, than Juan Martin Del Potro's. Who also won today, by the way. Um, so I think that shows what an unbelievable piece of weaponry that is. It's, it's, it's one of the biggest bazookas out there in, in this, on this tour. And, and he's now using it with, with control and measure, isn't he? Which, which he wasn't necessarily before. I think that's what's so impressive. I think by the flurry of journalists I can see leaving the media centre and headed towards the interview room, I think Dan Evans is being called to press and we might need to, to wrap this up. Well, Catherine, we've just come out of the Dan Evans press conference and, crikey, uh, a few journalists just walked past me and we all looked at each other and just went, oh, poor lad. I mean, it was raw, wasn't it, what he was saying? It was, I think most people in there wanted to put their arm around him. I mean, usually you get, I I suppose, experienced players who have taken a lot of heavy losses of that type at the the highest level they've almost got their sort of pre-prepared answers as a defense mechanism to just trot out none of that with him he said anybody who says that they are not thinking about winning the match when they're a point away is lying is a full of it in his words and he and he was clearly absolutely devastated he referred to the smash that he missed at about eight all in the tie break and he he just can't get it out of his head can he well he didn't miss it uh he just didn't do enough with it uh he said uh, uh, he said uh, i played it to the wrong side and it gave Vavrinka a, a play on the ball um yeah, I'm, I'm a bit stunned by that press conference. I've just spoken to him as well, and, and he was exactly the same. It was a very, very tough interview. Um, yeah, because we had a little chat in the corridor, uh, waiting to hear, whilst we were waiting to hear what time he would come to press, and I asked you, as the official Dan Evans correspondent, how, uh, how you thought he would how you thought he would be you know you know about as, as well as anybody in in the uh, in the british press corps and you said you thought he'd be you know disappointed but all right because he's a realistic guy you know he, he's a he's a really grounded feet feet on the ground you know it is what it is kind of guy and i'm not saying he wasn't i mean he was so much so i mean so realistic i suppose so real so raw um he wasn't matter of fact about it at all he's obviously he is replaying that point and probably a couple of other points in his mind over and over again and uh, yeah he says he's going to pull out of doubles he says he hopes Kyrgios wins tonight because the news that his his partner's uh, leaving him high and dry in the doubles will be uh, easier for him to take Injury, injury based uh, the, the thing that he was saying wasn't cramp that uh, the, the umpire was uh, having a big row with him on court about uh, that Simon was referencing you know he, he says it is an injury problem I think there's fatigue there as well just mental and physical fatigue he, the bloke needs a little break doesn't he 
Oh yeah, he's spent. I mean, physical fatigue. I mean, he said, you know, he it's a very good question from uh, Barry Flatman of the Times saying, you know, when Andy comes in after a, a loss like or similar to that, what he always says is, I've got to go and work harder. I've I've got to get physically stronger. And he said, how did he phrase it? He said, uh, did did do you? Did, he said, do you subscribe to the theory that you need to go back to the gym? And he said, I haven't got that subscription. He said, he said I haven't got that subscription. He, but then, which sounded, well, it sounded like exactly how you just described David but then he said look I didn't win that match because of any physical deficiency and he's right he's right you know that fourth set tie break they both looked as spent as one another they both looked like they had enough in the tank for a fifth I don't think he did lose it for any physical reason so uh, I think he's he's fair enough to to respond that way and uh, but no you know I did I didn't think Catherine that he would be taking it as hard as this because he'd done himself proud in so many ways I find it quite quite good that he is taking it this hard because it obviously means that much to him but he's he's got to get over it and uh in in a in a, in a short while I'm sure he will I, I cannot imagine that sort of feeling that emotion that we just witnessed from him I can't imagine really that making him anything but hungrier how how can you not be motivated to not ever feel like that again when you feel awful you know you just want to find ways to make sure you don't ever feel that way again right so uh yeah i i I hope more than hope i expect now having seen that that after a holiday after he's been to marbella he's found his passport by the way for anyone that saw that tweet saying i've lost my passport apparently he said oh i got given some nike stuff and i just shoved my passport in with the freebies uh, yeah so uh, i think after the holiday i think you know getting back on the davis cup train will help him as he just told me in my interview with him viewers but he said if i get dropped after this i'll feel pretty aggrieved <laughs> from the Davis Cup squad uh, so yeah I, I, I think give him a bit of time he deserves that but I, I'm pretty confident having seen what I've seen now that he will come back hungrier Indeed so Dan Evans is the journey at the US Open comes to an end for, for 2016 uh, Stan Wawrinka moves onwards let's just have a, a little look at the uh, order of play Catherine's just going to hold my phone so that we can multitask together what have we got? we've got Johanna Kant Conta starting on Arthur Ashe Stadium uh, the first match of the day against Anastasia Sevastova who's a, a fascinating story having taken a year and a half out of the game uh, we've then got Madison Keys against Caroline Wozniacki that could be a corker could be a corker of course the winner of those two matches would play one another so each of them will be watching the other with interest I'm sure yeah Keys Wozniacki Keys is my favourite to come through that one though. Although Wozniacki, I have to say, she surprised me a bit this week. She's done very well. I think that could go deep into a third set actually. We've then got Rafael Nadal against Luca Puy, who I, I saw Henri Leconte, who's here for Eurosport in France uh, today in the elevator, and he was raving about Luca Puy. He said he's serving and volleying, just playing the sort of game that Henri loves, you know, and, and made famous himself. So it'd be fascinating to see him come up against Nadal. In the evening session, there's a Grand Slam final really there uh, between Petra Kvitova and Angelic Kerber. As we, we're hearing roars at the moment from the Arthur Ashe Stadium. Nick Kyrgios is playing. No doubt he's just gone and done a triple back somersault and hit a forehand winner in the process or something. Anyway, uh, so Kvitova against Kerber. Who you got for that one? Uh, I mean, I'm just seeing the number 14 against Kvitova's name. It's strange, isn't it? I know she's had... Stop a, trying to duck the question. Who's going to win? Dodgy, I think Kerber's going to win. 
Okay, I'm going to go Kvitova. Uh, so we've then got Djokovic against Edmund in the uh, the late night match. So we'll see how that one goes. What's going to happen in that one? Well, seeing as you've already said earlier in the earlier instalment of the podcast, you'd be mad if, if you don't predict Djokovic to win. I'm going for Djokovic. Yeah, quite right. Well, Djokovic is the best player in the world. So, um, and uh, Edmund is... Yeah, not according to Mats Volander just at the moment. Well, you know, I mean, he's got a number one next to his name, hasn't he? Uh, on the Louis Armstrong court, we've got Joe Wilfred Songer against Jack Sock. That could be a good match, couldn't it? Who's going to win that? I think the Sock might win that. You've just scanned over last year's finalist, Roberta Vinci, against uh, Lysia Serenko. That's first up. OK, who's going to win that? I, I, again, Vinci really impressed me this week. I think everybody she's thought, on a roll oh, again. She's going to do it this time. in the pan last year. No way she'll back it up. Well, more fool them because she's been great. Vinci's going to win then, isn't she? Yeah, I think, I think so, so yeah. too. Yeah, yeah right, fine. Uh, and Songa against Sock. I'm going. Hmm. I'm going Sock. Are you in, now? In four. I'm going Songa. I think I saw a bit of him on grandstand against Anderson, and I was quite impressed. I'm not. I mean, I know Sock beat Chilich, and maybe if I'd seen more of that match, I would be. Uh, I, I'm. I'm just biased because I've seen Songa, and he looked good. Okay, fine. We're going to have to pole vault all of this. Catherine's just beaming. Not necessary. You look so happy about that choice. Well, it's happening. So I've got the Twitter account. Is, you can do. This is the match of the day, right here. Grandstand, Monfils Bagdatis. What are they doing putting that on at eleven in the morning? I mean, you know, this is this is Monfils. There'll be nobody there. You need to get that match underneath some. I mean, seriously, it's it's Monfils Bagdatis. What time is it right now? We're recording at. It is twenty past ten at night. I want to see Monfils against Bagdatis in the pitch black with the floodlights on. I completely agree. I completely agree. When I saw these top half matches, I thought, oh my goodness, how are they going to make a decision about what to put on Ash and what to put on Armstrong? It didn't even occur to me that Monfils Bagdatis would be on grandstand. As great as that court is, I have to say they've done a fantastic job. That should not be there and it should not be at 11 o'clock. I think it's time for us to go. Tennis podcast listeners, the bus is going. Catherine and I are going to run like the speed of light to try to make it onto the bus in time. Uh, but we've been talking to you, so we're quite happy. Uh, now, listen, follow us on Twitter at Tennis Podcast. Keep a lookout because we might have a go at a periscope. That means Catherine and myself sitting in front of a phone and talking to you lot, uh, hopefully on video. We'll see how that goes, whether I can make it work. But we are the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Thank you for listening, as always, and we'll speak to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.